not inside, inside, inside you. Same place you karate come from. Well, my karate comes from you. Uh, only root karate come from Miyagi. Hmm? Just like uh, bonsai, choose own way grow because root is strong. You choose own way to karate, same reason. Yeah, but I do it your way. I, one day, you do own way. Welcome to Karate Kid 3 Minutes, a podcast where we discuss the Karate Kid Part 3, three strong minutes at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Matt. And joining us one more time from the Next Scene Podcast, welcome back, Sean. Hey, can you uh, pass the soap? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we are as long as we're in this tub, let's get clean, you know? Yeah, I mean, however, you know, it's been a couple – the water has gotten a little cold, so just, let, me, let me just run the tap a little bit here. There we go. Yeah, oh, that's like so good. Yeah. Oh, all right, Calgon, take me away. Here we go. Today we are talking about minutes 24 to 27 of The Karate Kid Part 3. They begin with – Mike Barnes driving a hard bargain and end with Daniel learning something that doesn't click for at least 34 years. Uh, we pick up where we left off on Wednesday with Terry Silver in his bubble bath with his faithful secretary, Margaret, sitting nearby. I like that she watches me wash myself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also in this bathroom. That's what uh, evil villains do. They, they make old ladies watch them bathe. <laughs> Am I clean, mommy? No. Uh, also, in this bathroom are his butler, his butler Maloche, the bad boy of karate, Mike Barnes, karate instructor, Dennis, and uh, the boy to be bad with, if you are a bad boy, Snake. <sighs> so many people in this bathroom. Um, so, yeah, Mike is talking about the terms of his arrangement with Terry, which, if he comes to L.A. and he beats this LaRusso kid, he gets... 25% ownership of all the new Cobra Kai dojos that Terry is creating. Um, now, Terry only knew about Mike from the karate magazine he read, I assume. Like, and I, I just want to kind of vamp on like how that initial conversation went. Like, hi, I'm the CEO of Dynatox. You might have heard that name in the news. Uh, yeah, some toxic sludge. That's all bull. I'll <laughs> yeah. sue anybody who says it. Uh, hey, listen, uh, Red, you're a bad boy. You're good at karate. <laughs> Are you open to joining my revenge plan against a teenager and an old man? Um, oh, uh, what's in it for you? Uh, well, <laughs> let me ask you. I know you're under 18, so you can compete in this under 18 tournament. Have you ever considered owning your own business? <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> I'm opening yeah. 20. New karate dojos. Cobra Kai. Ever heard of them? Yeah, I know. Badass name for a dojo. How would you like to own five of them? <laughs> yeah. All yours. Now, all you have to do is move into my mansion and beat this little twerp at the tournament. Then they're all yours. The catch is, I need you to get here now. <laughs> like, the movie's already started. We have no time. you got to get here. Bring your duffel bag. <laughs> Just get over also, here. Also, if, so. if somebody named John Kreese says, I already promised those dojos to him 100%, just ignore him. <laughs> <laughs> that was the other thing I noted. He, I went back in the movie. Terry says, they're yours, all of them. And now he's giving five of them to a kid he doesn't even know. 
And, and <laughs> these are imaginary doge. These have not even been opened yet. And right. it's right here where I go, I'll go, man, one hell of a businessman. <laughs> was Promising. he just, I, I wonder if like, was he watching the producers and he's like, wow, gee, I could probably make a lot of money with dojos that don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, you know, give right. away 150% of the dojo and that'll be fine. <laughs> and, it, and it's funny because we saw earlier he promised Crease uh, all the dojos while he was yeah. in the sauna on the phone. Now he's on the phone in his bubble bath and maybe <laughs> he made the call bath. from one of them. I don't know. I there needs Harry's to be a scene relax. where he's like in he's in his car on a like on the car phone. But they're going through a car wash, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll give you twenty percent of my dojos." <laughs> um, and then, then we find out Mike, Mike is a savvy businessman too. Like, uh, oh. sorry, he's a, he's a savvy business bad boy. Um, <laughs> yes, please he, get it right. Sorry, yeah, he knows that the dojo's reputation is based solely on him beating Daniel Russo because you know he's going to open twenty dojos. It's going to suck if like. We like Cobra Kai shows up again and and gets beaten yet again. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's got to beat this kid. So now he's like, I'm gonna, I want, I want half. I want fifty percent. <laughs> so, um, and, and it, he was, he's even like, for me to do my absolute best, which is what I want to do for you. It, like this teenager is really coming off like, like he's, he's studied. Yeah. Sad. I mean, when 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 uh, Mike Barnes shows up in Cobra Kai season five, inevitably, I <laughs> yeah. expect him to be a car salesman, too. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. As a matter of fact, like Sean Kanan said in interviews, like, hey, you know, uh, uh, the deal was I got 50 percent of the dojos. Uh, but, you know, the, I had to correct uh, uh, Mr. Kanan, who probably could throttle me. Um that he did say if he beats Dan LaRusso, which he did not. Uh, spoilers. Um, so, yeah, Terry offers 35, but Mike does the classic, you know, no deal move where he's just like, well, I got to go, you know. Yeah. Uh, nice meeting everybody. It's just like, yeah, he's a teenager. Uh, uh, how, how does he know how to do this? How many shady deals has this kid been a part of that he can just like negotiate like a pro? And how does Terry cave so easily? <laughs> well, yeah. All, I, it, all I could think is you had no intention of giving him anything. <laughs> exactly. Like, isn't this suspicious at all? Like, you just went from 25 up to 50% of these dojos, and the guy doesn't bat an eye? Like, it does seem like it, he's like, he has no intention. Terry has no intention of actually paying up at any point. Right. So he's and so he, it's just funny money. So yeah, you do it. Fifty, I'll give you seventy-five percent. Why not? You want seventy-five percent of something that's not that doesn't exist right now? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do like the uh, how how would like uh the the next exchange where Terry's like, do you fight as hard as you negotiate? And Mike, without hesitation, <laughs> in full confidence, is like harder. You know. <laughs> Um, Again, another another line that could come right, you know, that could just be lifted straight for the porn parody without any. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. At least he believes his own hype. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, and I don't know. You gotta, you gotta it, I mean, I guess, you know, it's just so funny that he's doing this himself. I mean, there's plenty of probably like high school athletes who want to get those lucrative, you know, pro ball uh, uh, 
deals and have yeah. somebody to really uh, negotiate hard for them. But yeah, Mike is just, he's just doing it himself. Good for him. <laughs> Good for you, Mike. You got to look out for number one. And he's not even going to settle for a verbal agreement. He's like, yeah, he's like, I want it in writing. <laughs> there is no handshake. And like we said, Terry's hands are probably pretty pruny. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, he says, you just bought yourself a champion. And it's like Mike has been training so hard in karate for this one moment where you can just completely sell out for the ownership of five karate dojos. Bought, you just bought yourself a champion. I'm going to bring my green belt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like this movie leaves so many unanswered questions about Mike Barnes. Like, where does he come from? What makes him so corruptible? What's the deal? Um, and so I do have some research that might be able to help a, a little bit. I don't know. From, from my research, Robert Kamen's script went through several drafts. Uh, Mike was originally going to be uh, a bit different. Uh, originally, Mike was a skilled but amateur karate student who came from a family that trained all their children in karate. He was uh, an obsessed fan of Daniel LaRusso, uh, but like he wanted to beat him because his two older brothers had each held the all Valley title for five years. So like he says, like, I don't want to just win. I want to win the right way, which, which is you, you earn that championship by beating the previous title holder. You don't just like compete for a whole new champion championship. If the title holder decides to not uh, comply. So uh, his character is described as more uh, honor bound, very kind of chosen, like who, uh, any, any, and he comes af- across first as like a like a nice guy, um, and then starts kind of passive aggressively uh, manipulating Daniel into signing up for the tournament. Until Daniel decides not to not to compete to go along with Mr. Miyagi's wishes, and then and then it kind of gets into a darker tone where you know Mike is more more aggressive. Who they originally conceived as the person to play this version of Mike Barnes. Now, I don't know if this was the Daryl guy that Sean was talking about, but the guy that was going to play Mike Barnes was none other than the guy that's playing Snake. His name is Jonathan Abelson. (laughs) The son of the director of the movie was going to be the bad guy, big bad guy in the movie. And there's actually a YouTube video online of Jonathan doing a screen test with Ralph Macchio. Um, also in the, in the girl who's, uh, who was originally going to play Jessica, her name was, uh, Leanna Creel. We're going to get into that story when Jessica is introduced, but like, he really plays it very Dutch like, and I'm going to try my best to remember to post that on our Facebook group. Um, but yeah, however, the, the script went through another rewrite and they now wanted Mike Barnes to be taller, more muscular, more aggressive, less friendly, have zero affiliation with Daniel. He just wants to increase his personal wealth. So they decided to give Mike a henchman and let the son of the director play his version of Mike as the henchman. Um, and they even let him choose his own character name. And so he decided he was going to be Snake. Oh, geez. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and while I'm at it, I might as well get into karate instructor Dennis. Uh, 
And it turns out they also hired another Mike Barnes. Um, <laughs> William Chris. <laughs> yeah. This, this, this production, man, is so some of the trivia I find on this is just like crazy. Um, William Christopher Ford, known back then as Christopher Paul Ford, was also in that open audition of uh, 2000 Hopeful Bad Boys. Uh, Avildsen stopped to talk him, talked to him in, a, in line, took his name, and then said, ah, you look a little too old. I'm looking for somebody who's like, it looks like they're just out of high school. Let's play Mike. But uh, William got a call back uh, to come read for the casting director, Caro Jones. Uh, he says in interviews that he then gave the worst audition ever. Didn't expect to be called back after that, but he got called back again because they were looking for a henchman character uh, for Mike. They just added it to the script because Mike only had one henchman. And now I wanted, they wanted him to have two. Mm-hmm. So he goes to the studio. He waits to be called in to talk to John Avildsen. And while he waits, he gets to talk to Pat Johnson. He met Ralph Macchio. He even chatted with Fumio Demura, who I guess he traveled in some of the same like martial arts circles because he'd been studying martial arts, I guess, since he's five years old. Um, finally got brought in to see Appleton, who just looked at him and said, OK, we'll take you. Uh, and he says in an interview, I saw that he's not even sure Appleton even remembered their first chat. <laughs> just like, kind of looked at him. Like, hey, you're good. Um, and so William got to pick his character's name too. <laughs> uh, so he knew Jonathan Avildsen had picked the name snake. So he decided just, he's like, well, you can't have like two snakes, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have this guy have more of like a normal name. So he picked Dennis. Cause he's like, yeah, I like Dennis the menace. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. those, those two names just don't go together. That's, well, yes. like separately, Dennis. separately they're okay, but together they, they, they just clash. <laughs> Uh, and it should have been, it should have been like, uh, wheels or edge or something. (laughs) Bebop. Uh, uh, William also also served as a stand-in for fight choreography, just like, uh, Daryl Vidal did in the first movie. It's like when Pat Johnson and Robert Mark Kamen wanted to figure out, you know, fight scenes, they'd call William down to help block it out. So. You know, he kind of did a little bit of double duty. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I have on William Christopher Ford and Jonathan Appleton. Um, But, yeah, back to the movie. Uh, we wrap this scene up with Terry asking Milosh for his for a suit <laughs> and then asking Margaret, what's your thoughts? Uh, what do you think? About it, Mike? And she's like, he's obnoxious. <laughs> and he says, yeah, he's perfect <laughs> which is where we kind of started uh, on monday with him looking at the article and saying perfect so hooray uh hey uh looks like we can get, the, get out of the tub now uh guys here's your towels here's your cigars uh <laughs> thank you uh i'll uh i'll let the water out of the tub now here we go ah there we go that's oh, such a pleasant sound huh <laughs> <laughs> I, the sound of the bathtub is 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 enough, Matt. You don't need to add add to yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we, we cut to uh, Mr. Miyagi and Daniel kidnapping a tree, stealing a tree. <laughs> uh, yeah, speaking of poaching, uh, <laughs> and this looks like Charlie Brown's Christmas tree right here. This little thing, like 
Daniel is uh, very dubious that this is going to make uh, a good bonsai and even kind of jokes, you know, that he, you know, Miyagi sees, sees a bonsai in there and he's like, oh, where? Do you, uh, any, any bonsai in here? Um, but yeah, Miyagi's like, you know, the bonsai is found inside the tree, just like Daniel's karate comes from inside him. And I love that Miyagi always finds a way to turn it into a karate lesson. <laughs> but here he goes again. Um, <laughs> well, and like Daniel hasn't figured it out. I mean, he kind of, uh, you know, when he, he later on, he's talking to, um, what's his name? The, the lady at the pot shop. And he's, you know, talking to Jessica. Jessica. Jessica, right. Um, and he's describing Mr. Miyagi and he's, and Daniel talks about how he can turn everything or anything into a karate lesson. So like in that mm -hmm. respect, he seems to know it, but then he seems to forget it when actually talking to Mr. Miyagi, <laughs> he seems surprised <laughs> right. that everything turns into a, a karate <laughs> lesson. <laughs> right. Right. And, you know, in the lesson, Miyagi tells Daniel that the root of Daniel's karate comes from Miyagi, but just like the bonsai, uh, Daniel then can choose his own path. He has to choose like what he wants to do with the, the karate that um, Miyagi taught him. And, uh, and yeah, he says only root karate come from Miyagi, just like bonsai choose own way grow because the root <laughs> is strong. You choose own way, do karate, same reason. It, it really yeah. sounds awful. Me reading. Miyagi. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and then Daniel ruins it by coming back with like, wait a second. No, we don't let these trees grow however they want. We <laughs> tie them up and we use, we got, you know, we use wire and everything. And then Mr. Uh, Miyagi's like, I will wire your jaw shut, boy. <laughs> shut up, you. Yeah, Why, it is. It, it's just one of the worst transitions in this movie, by the way. It's just like seconds ago, we just talked about bonsai are free to grow. And then Daniel's like, hey, remember what you said before about bonsai <laughs> being free to grow as they choose? Yeah, we just heard that, Daniel. <laughs> I don't know if they plan to put a scene in between those two, but um, yeah, I I was uh, I, I gotta say uh, just to backtrack a little bit, they drop this the the first part of this scene in Cobra Kai last season, and when they did, I like I I'll be honest, I nearly wept. Like this isn't a lesson I remembered because I go back to part one and two, like a ton more than part three, but I feel like it was such a work of genius to put this in there because yeah, Daniel in his fifties was still refusing to grow after Miyagi passed away. Like he's just calling him Miyagi-Do karate. It's like as Miyagi-Do is the only way he clung. It's like he, you know, using the, the, the metaphor, like he's clinging onto the roots and, and is not like growing. He's not taking what Miyagi taught him and running with it. Um, but you know, that's just, that's how we evolve. We have to take what we learn and, and, you know, do our own style or whatever, you know? Um, so I was yeah. really, uh, really excited when that popped up in Cobra Kai, cause I completely forgot this scene and yeah. it really, it does in the movie, it just kind of, passes through and is there any sort of payoff to this particular lesson in the movie nope. do you think nope like yeah it does I mean, take I feel most like... of his life to uh to <laughs> yeah accept this lesson i mean if anything it's like he the the bad thing that he does in this movie is choose, choose his own way which is just like going off and training with terry silver um 
because Miyagi won't train him anymore. Yeah, but, but that's kind of doing somebody else's way, not not his own. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, he well, he, yeah, he was doing his own way the wrong way. <laughs> right. Yeah, I feel like this yeah, this is more for the audience, a lesson for us, because yeah, like you said, it doesn't seem like Daniel really it doesn't pay off for Daniel within this film. And I can't imagine at this point in the in the eighties while they're making this, they're imagining, well, when we revisit Daniel in his fifties, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. He will still not be not have grown other than, you know, he's a better salesman, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um all right, so Miyagi starts talking about true bonsai and how it grows in the wild, and this leads to Miyagi revealing that when he left Okinawa, he brought just one thing with him, a bonsai tree. Uh, and he took that, and he planted it in a very safe place, Devil's Cauldron, because it's worth thousands of dollars. And, of course, Daniel's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Daniel's, but it's uh, completely safe in a place where no one can get to it, not even an idiot like Daniel. <laughs> well, it just so happens that, you know, there is a, a rock climber that, that works across the street, so th that'll come oh, in handy. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> now, the junior novelization does elaborate slightly on Miyagi's story, uh, which I appreciated. Uh, Miyagi says he brought the tree from a cliff facing the sea in Okinawa to, to remind him of home. That's why he took it. Um, and he says he took care of it until he had to go off and fight in World War II. And that's when he decided to plant it in Devil's Cauldron because he couldn't take care of it himself. And he's like, well, I'm just going to return it to nature. So, um, and yeah, a terrible mistake Miyagi makes by pointing this out because, like, even in the novelization, the chapter kind of mm -hmm. ends with Daniel thinking about you know, leaving something like this beautiful out of sight where nobody can see it. Like, why would it be safer to be cliffside than with an owner, you know, who could take care of it? <laughs> so, like, even at this point in novelization, uh, Daniel's uh, planning evil deeds. <laughs> Not exactly planning, but really thinking about it. Like, what? That doesn't make any sense. I don't. This is what Miyagi wishes. I don't I don't think I want to go along with this either. <laughs> When you when you said evil deeds, it's just like for some reason ACDC flashed into my mind. Now I want to recut this scene and have Daniel like just like looking off after he hears that and say, dirty deeds. God, they're cheap. Right, right. Uh oh, and I did have a little thing about uh the filming location. Uh, this filming location, uh and you know, and of course the devil's cauldron, which we see and we'll we'll return to later in the movie this is all shot in uh northern california in a place called devil's basin which i guess doesn't sound as badass as cauldron um and it's about an eight hour drive from los angeles i had a terrible time finding anything about this on the internet and like directions to it and stuff but i think i oh. found it in the end like the google maps and uh yeah. street view like right beside it and stuff oh you did i didn't even see that i, I did yeah. bring it up on a map but yeah. Um, and as we move into the end of the segment, Miyagi tells Daniel it's time to learn special Miyagi family kata. He says he's ready for it. And I got to say, I am ready. I am so excited for Matt to teach us all about kata next week. Oh, it's going to be amazing Monday. Everybody tune in. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's going to go on a long, deep lecture. 
Kata, it's just all... stupid dancing. <laughs> now, Terry, come on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us, John. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. Love uh, love talking about a great Karate Kid film and this one too. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you'll be back I for the next one, right? Right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Another as long as film. they keep making Karate Kids, I'll I'll be talking about them. Sure. All right. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And uh, did you want to uh, uh, plug your show one more time so everybody knows where to yeah. find you? So, yeah, once more, I've got uh, the Next Scene Pod at nextscenepod.com and Next Scene Pod on all the social media. And uh, I've done a couple movies myself one minute at a time uh, following the format that uh, that Robin and Matt are using. And uh, you can find all my podcast stuff at my uh, my main site is Cat and Sean, Cat, C-A-T, and Sean, S-E-A-N. Dot org. So, uh, yeah, check that out. Thanks. And, of course, Sean, no relation to Sean Kanan, for the record. No, no, no relation. Awesome. And, uh, Matt, uh, uh, my blue pinstripe, please. Uh, tune in next week <laughs> when uh, Daniel asks for Mr. Miyagi's help in training for another tournament. And until next time. But to do my absolute best, I'm going to need three more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that wasn't in the movie. <laughs> <laughs>